And you're listening to Dream Infringement. Dream Infringement is a super squad of three friends who love telling stories and playing songs, all for your listening pleasure. And this week, this week, our theme, it's just, I don't know how to explain it. Emily, I, I just, I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of at a loss, a loss for words. I, I'm looking for the words and I can't seem to find them. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about maybe a way to describe our theme uh, so that the listener understands what we're getting at. And it's, it's just, the, the words escape me at the moment. I just, I can't seem, oh, Emily, can you get these cats out of our, yeah, our get recording out of here. studio? Get out of here, get- cats. So our theme, if you haven't already figured it out, is our deepest secrets. I'm just kidding. It's cats. Yes, more, even more cats. We did a an episode about cats maybe a year ago, and we were like, well, let's do it again. Also, we needed a little bit of a break from our movie reviews because we didn't realize how labor-intensive that would be. They're taxing. You don't understand what we put ourselves through for you, the listener. So we had to put a little pause on that. No, we had to put our little pause on it. We had to put our little pause on it. And Thank you for that, Emily. You're welcome. And uh, the easiest, I mean, the most yeah. meaningful theme that came to our mind was cats. Yes, yes. We have a lot to say. Yes, we do have a lot to say. Some of us more than others. So please enjoy this song by Yusuf Islam, formerly known as Cat Stevens. Oh, the cats are coming back, Emily. (laughs) Okay, well, while we get rid of these cats, enjoy this song. It's called Morning Has Broken. Morning has broken Like the first morning Blackbird has spoken like the first bird. Hello there, this is Jennifer. Okay, so I have some sad news. I wasn't sure how to tell the story because it makes me cry to tell it, but I'm a rip the band-aid off quickly kind of bad news first person. So here we go. My cat of 15 years passed away in June, Nico. Someone described that some cats are your heart's cat, and she really was. She'd been with me through terrible breakups, breakdowns, breast cancer. She was just this bossy, funny, stable, judgmental cat, and I loved her dearly. The best part of my day for the last 15 years was coming home to Nico. And so for myself, if I hear like someone lost a pet, I just always want to know like what happened. So for years, Nico had acted like something was bothering her mouth, almost like she had peanut butter stuck on the the roof of her mouth. She was always kind of rubbing her tongue against the roof of her mouth. And I had vets look at it and nobody found anything. But then in May, she started to act like it was uncomfortable. And so a Again, a vet looked and he didn't find anything. Um, And then a week or two after that, 
I came in in the morning and she was drooling profusely. And then the next day she wasn't drooling because she was so dehydrated. She wasn't able to eat or drink anything at all. So I took her into the emergency vet and they looked under her tongue and they found a really large squamous cell carcinoma cancerous mass that was under her tongue and it wasn't something that they could treat it wasn't something that could be removed um, but it was causing her a lot of pain and preventing her from being able to eat or drink anymore so I really didn't have a choice in the matter of letting it go on or being able in any way to to save her so and I was not expecting that outcome. I thought it was going to be like maybe an, an abscess or a bad tooth or something that could be fixed. So I stayed with her through the whole ordeal. And it was, but I knew like I absolutely just could not let her go through that alone. She'd given me 15 years and I loved her so much that like if me being there was even the tiniest bit of comfort that I could offer then I was going to be there and through this whole thing I have just kept thinking like if I could do it over even though it hurt so insanely badly that I would choose Nico like every time because she just brought me so much joy so I held her and I told her that I loved her how grateful and how privileged I was to have had her in my life and yeah so ends an era but I have some less sad news so that's why you always start with the bad news first anyhow um this song was just one that came to mind a lot so here is this Dave's uh, doing a cover of Suffian Stevens Chicago all things know, all things know, you had to find it. All things know, all things know. Oh, 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 so after losing my beloved cat of 15 years, I was devastated, but I was not the only one. My very codependent cat, Quinn, was taking the news really hard, or rather the lack of news, because she was understandably confused and was looking at me accusingly, like why wasn't I bringing home Nico? After all, she'd asked nicely and not so nicely, and she kept looking around for her. And I found this like so hard emotionally, because I was suffering, I was watching my other cat kind of go through it. Uh, sometimes I would leave the house just to get a break from her and then I would feel really guilty because Quinn needed me too. I needed to be there for her and I w wanted instead to run away um, and it felt almost awkward to be alone with the other cat. She's a very codependent cat and without Nico there as a, a buffer, I was suddenly under the full weight of her social and emotional needs which were a lot and which I, I felt were kind of overwhelming. Um, but, you know, I too kept looking around for Nico, for her to walk into the room, for her to greet when I walked into the house. 
and I felt like I'd lost a piece of my identity. It was just strange to not have that as part of me anymore. Um, So I wanted to feel comfortable in my home again. And I know you're supposed to wait to get a new cat until you feel like you're ready and you can like give that part of your heart again. But I felt sort of desperate to distract Quinn and also to distract myself. Like I wanted another shot at a cat that I could bond that deeply with. So I did some research on the internet and they said that most likely a younger male cat would have the highest chance of being accepted by Quinn. So the song here is Time by Tori Amos. I believe it is a Tom Waits cover. Because <sighs> that's the thing. You lose a pet and it hurts and you can't really do anything about it. You cannot escape feeling the feels and all the emotions. And it just takes time. And it's time. here the first portion of Jennifer's story reminded me of when I lost my first cat his name was Sparkle and he was hit by a car uh, on a busy road back behind my parents yard and I remember coming home from a great day of first grade and having my mom and dad break the news to me that Sparkle had passed away. And it was so hard and heavy. Like Jennifer said, it's just one of those things that you have to go through. You can't, there's no fast forward button. You are just stuck with the feelings and the hurt and the emptiness and just kind of waiting until those feelings, maybe they never go away, but maybe they just get a little bit easier to deal with. So, and I think this last year, especially, I know for me, has made the concept of loss and feelings of loss a lot more palpable and difficult to deal with in some ways because so much has been taken away from us uh, over the last year and a half because of the pandemic, just even normal everyday things. So to lose a little furry friend or somebody that's close to you is seems extra difficult. So stick around for part two of Jennifer's story a little bit later in the show where things start to look up a bit. Last year we adopted our kitty cat named Spock. He is a cute little tuxedo cat with a half mustache and he just from the moment we brought him home fit right in with all of us. We also have a little dog named Eddie and Eddie is he's an older fellow. He's about 12, almost 13, and they get along fine in that they largely ignore each other, um, except sometimes when Eddie gets excited about something, 
Spock will go up to him, like right behind him, and Eddie will be wagging his tail in Spock's face. And Spock is looking at us like the audacity. But he's the one that put himself there (laughs) because he knows. Um, Spock is also very jealous of Eddie being able to go outside. He, in recent months, has started making a mad dash for the outside world. And that is terrifying. There's a lot of construction going on across the street from where we live. And so it's it's been a real scary... There have been scary moments uh, with Spock running out there. He He never goes far... He just runs to the bushes. There's this big bush in front of our house and he likes to hide in there. And I just feel like he has no idea what he is doing. He could not cut it in the real world. He's a house cat through and through. He's just, he thinks he's belongs out there apparently. He also loves to follow me into the bathroom. We have an upstairs bathroom, which is where his kitty box is and some water. We've had to move his cat food around several times, which he definitely does not like. Um, But the ants keep getting into it. And he also really hates ants in his cat food. I mean, who would like it? But he seems particularly disturbed by that. So the food bowl has kind of moved to several locations about the house, and he's had to adjust So anyway, he likes to follow me into the bathroom and then attack my feet while I'm using the bathroom. And I've tried several different methods of uh, trying to stop this behavior. The first thing I read was to hiss at the cat because apparently they're supposed to listen to that. And that didn't work. And I just felt like the epitome of a crazy cat lady. And then the next thing I've tried was like holding, or not holding, but like having a a spray bottle uh, near the bathroom area so that I could spray him, which works a little bit, but it hasn't stopped him from attempting to attack my legs in the first place. So then the third method is to redirect, which is difficult when you're using the bathroom Uh, But thankfully, he loves Q-tips, and so we have a little box of Q-tips on hand, and when he has started to attack my legs when I'm using the bathroom, I'll toss a little, I'll say, like, no, Spocky, I don't like that. And then I take a little Q-tip, and I toss it, and then that distracts him, and that has worked, and he has stopped uh, attempting the attack on my legs and my legs are thankful for it. There was a time when I had a lot of, a lot of scratch marks on my ankles. Why kitty cat? Why? Uh, we also have several nicknames for Spock. We call him Spocky. Uh, our younger son, Indy and I, we started calling him Spocky banana, which I'm not really sure how that came about. Um, yeah. So we'll be like, Spocky Banana, what are you doing? It's so silly, the names we all come up with for our pets and the little nicknames. Our dog has the nickname Eddie Spaghetti, and his full name is actually Edison, so sometimes I'll call him Edison Spaghettison 
you know, pets are just so joyful. They bring so much joy. So Bobby and I, we've talked about how we have our daytime sons and our nighttime sons. So our daytime sons are our actual children that are uh, human beings. And then our nighttime sons are the dog and the cat because that's when they get fed and that's when they cuddle with us on the couch and they watch shows with us. So we have like shifts of of needy beings um, that we need them just as much as they need us. They really fill our hearts with love and joy and playfulness. It's just so great to have pets. So let us know about your cute pet shenanigans. You can tell us on Dream Infringement on Instagram or on Facebook. We love to hear about uh, pets. I would love to hear some of your silly nicknames for your furry friends. So yeah, let us know. This song is called Plea from a Cat Named Virtue by The Weaker Thens. I've played it before and I'll play it again. <laughs> I really like this song. <laughs> I hope you like it too. Why don't you ever want to play? I'm tired of this piece of string. You sleep as much as I do now and you don't eat much of anything. I don't know who you're talking to. Bobby here. So I've gone most of my life disliking cats like not just disliking cats but really hating the fact that they exist and a lot of it had to do with my upbringing and the way that cats were framed uh, through my childhood and then also there were a few occasions where I felt personally targeted in a negative way by cats So I'm going to start with the experiences that I had with cats growing up. A lot of the times cats were something that my kid sister would uh, feel sorry for if she saw like somebody in front of a grocery store with a bunch of kittens in a box, you know what I'm talking about. And they're giving them away for free. Like they don't care who you are, how you're going to treat the cat, what the kind of life the cat will have, whether the cats are, you know, uh, vaccinated or not is irrelevant. If you want a free cat, just pick one out of the box. And so that was the, you know, a lot of times that was the cat that ended up coming into our lives. Um, And suddenly the responsibility of taking care of this cat was hoisted upon the rest of the family. So my sister would feel sorry for this cat, bring it home, you know, and she's a child, bring it home and then we would all have to take care of it. And none of us were equipped, prepared or educated enough in feline caretaking to really give this cat a meaningful, full life. So a lot of times I had no idea how this would have happened, but the cat would simply fade out of our lives. It was an abrupt introduction and then a questionable exit. And no one knew what happened to this cat. I'm sure someone knew, but I never asked 
Because honestly, I never cared. It just was a burden, this cat. A lot of times we weren't actually feeding the cat cat food. It was, it was like scraps from the table. So I just didn't understand in any way what it meant to own a cat. Not the way that Emily, my wife and co-host on this radio show, uh, had learned to care and, and love, you know, a, a little furry feline. And then the experiences that I had. I'll start with the first experience that I actually heard about. And this was from my dad. He said that he was working out in the desert once and he used to get picked up with a bunch of um, people who just were day laborers. They just wanted to work for the day. So a man would pull up in a truck and he'd say how many guys he needed to work and they would jump in the back of the truck and he'd drive them out into the middle of nowhere in the southern Arizona desert and they would have to just work out in the heat, digging trenches for like cable or telephone, you know, uh, wires or what, whatever. And, um, and so he had brought a sandwich uh, to work. And he, tell, he tells the story like this. He went to go get his sandwich at lunchtime. He was so hungry and so hot and just tired and looking forward to his lunch break. And when he went to go get his sandwich, he saw that a cat had gotten into it and the cat had some of the mayonnaise on its nose. And there in the sandwich was the cat's whiskers. The cat had left its whiskers in the sandwich, rendering the sandwich inedible. Now, I don't know how much truth there is to this. I have never seen a cat um, have detachable whiskers that then would grow back. I can't imagine that a cat's whiskers would be able to just fall off that easily. Like that's something that it leaves behind, almost like a defense mechanism. Like a porcupine will throw its quills. A cat might throw its whiskers. I'm not sure, you know, to what extent, you know, this, this account is uh is accurate but it was the story that i heard from as far back as i can remember so already you can tell that cats are just not they're not painted in in a very nice way and then when i was about five years old i was helping my dad with some work at someone's backyard in someone's backyard and i saw a little kitten in an alley this kitten had missing fur it didn't look very friendly but it was tiny and it was cute. And I was a kid. So I reached out to go pet the kitty cat. And I'm pretty sure I said something like, oh, hi, kitty. And you know what the cat did? It hissed at me and scratched at me. So strike number two. I was immediately, immediately freaked out by that. Okay, third account. Emily and I had just gotten married. We were... Visiting my parents in the desert of Tucson, Arizona, middle of nowhere. I left my window to my 1988 Toyota Land Cruiser, my first and favorite car that I've ever owned. I left it slightly ajar. Now, while we were having dinner visiting my parents, a cat, a wild desert cat, okay, climbed in through that very small window gap and sprayed on my driver's seat, sprayed on my driver's seat. 
making the whole car smell, well, like cat spray. Which, I don't have to tell you, if you've had any experience with that, is an impossible smell to get out. And I think that I had convinced myself mentally that I cleaned it out all the way. And it was that... um, it was my it was gaslighting myself that I think helped me to cope with the fact that there was a very faint cat urine smell in my Toyota Land Cruiser, which I eventually sold. And that is my track record for cats. So with all of that in mind, you can imagine my surprise when Emily expressed to me that a cat would make a wonderful addition to our family. Now, I was extremely reluctant at first, but I could tell that it was something that was in her heart, like something meaningful, that this was something that she really wanted and that it was going to enhance our experience, our life experience. And she took time to research what it would mean to take, to bring a cat into our home. She, she made a comfortable home for this cat. She was proactive. She went to the store and she bought things for the cat. This is more than I had ever seen when it came to taking care of cats, you know, considering my past. She also talked to me about it. Like she approached it in a psychological way. What is it that you don't like about cats? Explain it to me, she would ask me. And I talked to her and it was like I was seeing this like cat therapist or a therapist for people who hate cats. It's like, let's get to the root of it. What is it that you dislike? What is it that really is the reason you dislike cats? And I realized that the reason why I disliked cats was because of not cats. It had to do with how cats were handled through my childhood. And the kind of negative things that kind of rose to the top because of the way that these cats were handled, these experiences. And so I, uh, I gave in. I said, okay, let's get a cat. And it was such a nice experience. She found a place where cats were, you know, a rescue place where cats would be rescued and they'd be given their shots and everything and and you can go in and it was like and you can tell the people at this place loved cats like they loved animals and it was that love that I could like sense I could sense that energy when I walked in through those front doors and so we brought the cat home in a cute little carrier and at at that point forward I realized that Cats are amazing creatures. They are so self-sufficient. They don't need you, but they allow you to be their owners. And that's how I see it. They just care about you the right amount. I've experienced a lot of needy dogs and needy animals that just like want, want, want. And you give, give, give. And they want, want, want more. But there's something about cats where they just they just are okay with mediocrity. And I'm okay with that. I love that. They just want the basic things. 
basic necessities. They're happy with that. So this is my ode to cats. Thank you, Emily, for teaching me how to love cats. And now for part two of Jennifer's story. I started looking on Facebook pages, the local rehoming pages and pet finder and just looking at pictures to see if I felt drawn to any particular kitten. I had this unshakable belief that I would just know. If I could just look at a cat and see the expression in its eyes, like I would know if it would be a good fit for me. And I could feel my OCD really gearing up and beginning to become very stressful. It was telling me that I needed to meet or at least look at every cat to find the one. And so I kept checking the internet. I'd wake up in the middle of the night feeling like jittery and unsettled and have to check all the new posts to see what the new listings were. I did go to meet a kitten in Grant's Pass and it was incredibly cute but the connection wasn't there. When I walked towards him he would falter a little bit. Like this look in his eyes was like, I don't really like you. I am not drawn to you. And I was like, you know what, that cat does not give me serotonin. Uh, Every time I looked at Nico, she was so cute to me. I was so drawn to her that I was excited to see her, like when I got home or woke up. And I could just feel that, that rush of serotonin. I saw her and my brain was like, engage the happy. And I, (laughs) I was apparently addicted to my cute cat. So I saw this little gray kitten named Flannel on the Humane Society's webpage and he looked very stoic and my OCD was like we have to meet this kitten and all night I had these weird nightmares that he was gone and they kept trying to make me meet and adopt weird angry cats and when I woke up that day I was like shaking and kind of felt like I couldn't breathe Uh, so I went in and to my amazement he was still there he was so cute like I expected there to have been a line around the building you know with everyone wanting to meet him (laughs) apparently no and other cats are like getting adopted as I was there they saw this cat and they're like oh no I want this other cat unbelievable so I went up and I said you know I'm here for flannel and the people who worked there were funny kind of like "Mm, flannel has a lady caller but I like that they weren't impersonal like cat number 25601 we'll see you now it was like they knew who this kitten was and they had a vested interest in his well-being so they took me back to the kitten room and he was with all his litter mates and they were just they were wild they were this like crazy group they were like loud there there was a party going on in that kennel that none of the other kennels had going on and so they they found him and they put him in my arms and he was just purring loudly the whole time. He never stopped playing though. He was like biting and batting things, but he was really gentle. Um, he never tried to leave my arms. And from what I could tell, he seemed like confident, but not aggressive. And when they put him back in the kennel, he kind of reached out to me. Was this the right like cat for me? How could I know? So I put a hold on him. I had three hours to make a decision and I felt very unsure. Like he was just so, he was so tiny. He was only 15 weeks 
when I held him, I could feel all his tiny little bones. You know, personally, I'm not really drawn to kittens. I find their fragility. Looks-wise, he was kind of a dark gray cat, but his face and feet were lighter, which gave him kind of a, a silvery, shimmery appearance. His eyes were also kind of light, and so he seemed like monochromatic, a small, like little cloud of soft fractals of light and dark. It was kind of peaceful. So I had a half an hour to go, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I found myself driving back. I walked up to the cage, and he looked at me in a way that looked like he recognized me. Like, my own cats have given me that look when I pick them up from the vet. They're like, Jennifer, you gotta get me out of here. You don't know what they do in there. It's not right. You gotta take me home. So he kind of had that same, <laughs> that same look. I recognize you. You held me once before. You better make good, human. The other kittens, they were like these tiny hurtling shapes of chaos. <laughs> and Flannel came up to the cage just staring intently and focused. And there it was, that just like tiny little shimmering ray of, of connection, aka serotonin. And when I held him the second time, I held him still for a moment, and I said, hey, you, I'm going to be your human. And in a few days, I was able to take him home. And this song is by Beach House. It's called Take Care. So I'd gotten that far down Adoption Road, but I still had a lot of uncertainty. I had 90 days on which to return, said Kitten, if it didn't work out. He did not like being in the car. He did not like having to be quarantined in the bathroom. He did not like if he couldn't find his toy. He had a very deep voice for a Kitten. It was hitting me in the anxiety hard because I'd be trying to fall asleep and he'd be in the bathroom yowling for hours. Um, but Quinn had not adjusted and that was a process that was needing to happen. So I kind of had to put my life on hold um, and either listen to a scared and lonely kitten trapped in my bathroom or live in the bathroom with him. Which as fun as watching Netflix and taking naps in my bathtub was, was a little hard on my back. A lot of times through the process, I thought I had perhaps made a mistake, but I remembered that I wanted to return Nico, and I wanted to return Quinn, so you can see that there is a theme here with me of just taking a little while to warm up to a new cat in my personal space. I did change his name to Fionin, or Fio for short, and my parents hate this name. They hate it a lot. They call him Kraken because they like saying, release the Kraken. Before I got him, I'd ask my parents for a favor, which was to interact with him because I read it was good to have kittens socialize with other humans so they weren't antisocial and didn't freak out if you had guests over. So I brought him over and they were like, well, I mean, you don't have to leave immediately. Stay a while. I brought him the second night and they were like, yeah, you know, hang out. And I brought him over the third night 
because they asked where he was. And since then, it's been a routine. My parents, who were like, meh, cats are all right. My stepfather was like, I'm not a cat person, are suddenly the biggest fans of Fio the kitten. They play with him for hours. He falls asleep in my mom's lap. Uh, in the mornings when they walk past my window, if they see him, they say hi to him and he reaches out his paws at their hands through the glass. Oh yes, he's got them fully obsessed. So what do I know about Fio? Fio is a very busy, curious, into everything kitten. He purrs a lot. He is thankfully less vocal. He is affectionate, but not exactly cuddly. He uses his scratchy posts instead of my furniture, which I appreciate, and he usually remembers to be very gentle when he plays. Our hands are scratch-free. He has a 100% record with using his litter box. I have a litter box for him over at my parents' house that he refuses to use, even though it had been one that he previously was using. He just, he likes to take care of business at home. But he also likes to eat out, which is he likes to eat food over there better than he does here, even though it is the same food. It's been nice to give him like a good kitten childhood. His needs are simple, and it's rewarding to see him thrive. He sleeps in the floppy, crazy way that kittens do. He gives really good head boops, even though he's so tiny. So far, he's just been adored by all. And sometimes we have some moments. While I was writing the first part about Nico, I was crying, and he came bounding up to where I was sitting, looked at me, and suddenly, very violently, shoved me. I don't know how he did it, but <laughs> he pushed me, and then made me hold him. He licked my tear-stained cheek, and he wrapped his kitten arms around my neck, put his face against mine, and purred a little until I stopped crying. Technically, when he did that, I, I cried a little bit more, but then I stopped crying. Did he understand, like, how amazing that was? Was it just a coincidental thing? I don't really know, but I loved him for being able to do it. So, we'll see what the future holds, but it seems like it holds good things for me and Fio the kitten and hopefully Quinn. They're taking a little while to adjust to each other. He's a little too rambunctious for her, but at night she will extend a paw. She'll try and cuddle, and they're so close, so hopefully they'll bond even more as time goes by. So that is the story of me and a new kitten, and I wanted to add that I had several friends that sent me cards saying that they had made a donation in my name to the local shelter or to a local shelter where they lived and that was really meaningful to know that Nico helped others in that way. I had friends write cards, bring flowers, um, someone sent like a photo kind of plaque um, and just the validation that losing a pet is losing a family member and just the, the empathy from people who have gone through the same experience was really important and I very much appreciate it. I mean, they knew, I told them at the time, but I just wanted to, to say it on a public forum. Thank you. The song choice for this one for me is Nature Boy by Nat King Cole. The greatest thing you'll ever learn 
is just to love and be loved in return. Well, folks, that's the end of our show. Thank you for tuning in and make sure you check out Dream Infringement on Instagram and Facebook. And don't forget to go to kskq.org to look at the schedule and find other cool shows that you will surely love. Let me ask you a question. Do you like world music? (laughs) Well, if you answered yes, then you are going to love what's up next. It's World Music Journey with Sophia Blanton. So please stick around for that. Have a good night, everyone. We'll see you next week.